CrossPolitik begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start it. But sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right When the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to CrossPolitik with Gabe Wrench, the Waterboy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Welcome to CrossPolitik. Welcome to the chimney in Idaho, where it's actually nice and cool in the studio because it is morning. What kind of water is this? Boss? Boss? I've, I've never heard of this. Uh, this bottle is very strange. It's basically you know? tap water in a very nice bottle. What is in it? Water. Just water? It's a very <laughs> just, long, just water. It's a very long ingredients list. Yeah. There is, I is there really? Don't believe it. Don't I don't know. It. It's just, it's How's just there really ingredients long. in there? I don't know. Nutrition facts? Why do you put nutrition facts on, on a water, water bottle? <laughs> because they have to sell it. That's hilarious. That's how you sell water. Yep. Yeah. The stuff that comes out of so your is, tap. So is this segment brought to us by... Uh, it's, it's brought to us by Voss Water in a bottle that is... We, sort of concerning to me. We must be balling at cross politics to get some Voss water. Yeah. I mean, seriously, That's expensive. What do we do? What do we, do we? I was at Bootsers. <laughs> <laughs> How many people are giving us money? They, sell, bo- they sell Voss water. <laughs> I guess. We must be raking it in if wow. we're getting Voss water No, now. this is out of my own personal... <laughs> <laughs> You're a baller. <laughs> this is out of the goodness of my heart. This is wow. uh, so. So who who is this? That's, that's so we got next a special me. guest in the studio with us today, Stephen Yates. Hey, we'll probably call him Steve on the show. Steve, that's yes. allowed. Yeah, that's, that's allowed. Thanks and, for being with us. Today, yeah, thank Steve. you. My Come pleasure. In. Happy to. Yeah. And now you um, just stepped down as the chair of the Republican Party in Idaho Correct. to run for a lieutenant governor here in Idaho. Correct. It wasn't cause and effect, but that is the sequence of events. Yeah, I, yeah. I did. I was the the state party chairman from 2014 until a few weeks ago. Uh, earlier this year, some people had approached me and asked me, "Well, if you're stepping down as chair, would you consider running for other office?" And I thought, "Well, you know, I've been volunteering and traveling around the state. I don't know they really want to think about that." But they said, yeah. "You know, there's an open seat for lieutenant governor." And really would hope you would give it some consideration. And when I began yep. to consider that, it just seemed to be prudent to step aside from one and work out the other. Is Lieutenant Governor like Vice Governor? It is kind of, <laughs> like, you know. Like Vice I, President? I, I, I spent some years of my life working for Vice President Cheney, and I learned very clearly the difference between being number one and being number two. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Grand Canyon yes. between number one and number two. <laughs> wow. So, um, and, and so. When is the election for this? The primary is in May of next year. Okay. Uh, and in Idaho, uh, the primary is a lot of the competition. Uh, won't take anything for granted. Uh, should I be privileged enough to receive the nomination, we'll fight a, a campaign through the general next November. But May of, of next year is, okay. is the big event. For, for Republican. Correct. Republican. So were you no. stepping out of politics? Were you like, okay, I, I've done my deed, I'm done, I've done my civic duty? Or Well, I, I feel like politics is one of those things that, you know, civic engagement and being involved in, in what's going on in the American system, I think it's one of our blessings. I spent some time mm-hmm. living overseas. I, I spent a few years in a country that had come out of martial law, and when I came back from that 
for me, it was wow. I, I was hooked. I had to I had to be involved in some way or another. Uh, and so that, I, I would have done that. Was that when you were doing your Mormon mission? Yeah, I was a missionary yeah. in, in Taiwan from 1987 to 89, and they had just come out okay. of martial law and wow. beginning their democratic process. Wow. Okay. Well, I think I, I sat down with a, a gentleman who um, started a Christian classical – I didn't sit down with him. Uh, Davies Owens, my friend Davies Owens, sat down and interviewed a, a guy who started a Christian classical school in Vietnam. Oh, wow. Um, really interesting story. I, I know it's not – Taiwan, but kind yeah. of similar, similar kind of situation. Kind of situation, and and he's had great success with a Christian classical education institution. Well, and and you're, and you're down in uh, Idaho Falls is Idaho where I Falls, live. Where's where you live? And your family? Yep, I have a I have a son that's twelve and a daughter that's eighteen, and my wife teaches at a charter school in Idaho Falls. Okay. Right. And, and are we ever going to divide Idaho up like it really should? Be? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I, I joke with friends that the boundaries of Idaho are what was set when everything else was done, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and so <laughs> right. uh, and traveling state, you do sense some real differences in regions. Oh yeah, uh, okay. where people come from, and but you know, really, there's been a lot of change within those regions. I'm sure you guys have noticed just up in this area yeah. a changeover of things over the last decade or so. Yeah. Uh, similarly, things have changed a lot in Boise, and you know. Other other parts of the state too. So, so why Idaho? Why did you come here? Because you were on the East Coast for a while. Yep, I was born, Maryland. In, born and raised in Maryland. Where? Uh, mm. in, I was born in Olney, Maryland, in Alden. Montgomery County. Yeah, um, I lived in Burtonsville. I know it well. Yeah. Uh, my my great grandfather immigrated from England. He lied on a job application to get a job as an accountant on the railroad. Uh, pull, pulled it Rest off. Grandpa. Yeah. So, I was a doctor. The, the family. <laughs> what? The family I'll tradition the continues. Uh, and so you're in politics. It was a short trip, but we got there. Um, but my uh, my granddad was uh, one of five kids in that family. He was a country doctor, and he then proceeded to self-populate the St. Peter's Parish in Olney, Maryland, with 15 children. Oh, wow. Uh, so my dad is the fourth of 15 kids. I'm the oldest of 50 grandkids. Uh, and growing up in that area, I lived in where there's cornfields and dairy pastures all around us. Yeah. Uh, and we talked earlier uh, before coming on air that it's just a completely changed area. Uh, the more I got involved in work, the more I realized uh, I was doing things by phone and email. I had two brothers that had gone to college in Idaho. My parents had moved to Idaho Falls. My wife is from Salt Lake City, Utah. Her father was aging, thought, you know, we're finally at a point in life where I can live wherever I want. Where do we want to live? Mm. And my and my wife and I just prayed about it, thought about it, and said, you know, this is this is where we want our family to grow up. This is uh, a community with values that are closest to ours. Yeah. And you, you can get anywhere from Idaho. It turns out. <laughs> did you Did you grow up Mormon? I did. Okay. Uh, my parents changed from uh, the Catholic Church to the Mormon Church when I was about four years old. Okay. Uh, you know, I you know I, I wouldn't necessarily advertise my faith journey as what everyone else should follow, but you know I, I lived in an area that was dominated by uh, Mennonite Amish families, yep, yep. Uh, evangelical families. My extended family was all Catholic, and there were my parents that had converted to Mormonism. Yep, yeah. So right. I, I grew up as those one of these things is not like the other. Yep. And <laughs> right. Uh, right. so, but you know, I went to everybody's gatherings and things like that. So uh, I've always. Uh, felt like had an appreciation for anybody's journey, feeling like that's the important thing, and I'm just not the kind of person that goes up to someone and says it's my way or the highway. Right. right. We should get more into that. 
<laughs> we love talking about that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff. We'll, yeah. we'll explore that in a little bit. Yeah. But before we go there, let's get in a little bit of cross politic news. Like, as you can see, for, for example, one of the one of the one of the biggest things that happened this week is I got a cross politic hat. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Right. I, I got. I did too, but I don't know it's a cross politic hat. Where, where's yours? It's right here. It's the, got the logo on it. What, why, why aren't you wearing it? Well, I'm. Gabe, hold up, hold up the bag of coffee. What does it say on there? So this, well, actually, well, I'm going to hold it up. This is for Steven. Okay. So we got um, one of our favorite gifts to give our guest is our cross politic coffee. Mm-hmm. It it says sovereignty roast, and it says our 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 slogan, I guess, is kind of fight. Our, ta- our tagline. Our tagline is fight, laugh, and feast. So this there is this is my actually, believe it or not, my favorite coffee. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's amazing stuff. Careful, it might make you a Christian. Careful, that sovereignty word is really strong. It's roasted locally, right, right yeah, here in it's, Moscow. It's roasted in Moscow, and the and the the gentleman's nice enough to let us slap our label on it. Yeah. So. Outstanding, but it does have branding. It does have yep, yeah, right. and it says cross politic on it. Look, I, I'm just oh, saying. You're, oh, you're objecting because this is just our logo. I'm, I, right. I don't mind the logo. The logo is hey, nice. Hey, when you see the Nike swoosh, and that's all you see, what do you see? We call it a swoosh. You see Nike. <laughs> we call it a swoosh. That was that Texas. That was, yeah, that was, that was that Texas. Texas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just saying Nike has a brand that's a uh, pretty big. And that, so does and Jesus. So, and so, so does Je- Jesus' brand is yeah. bigger than Nike. Yeah. I, you know, look, look. I, I, I don't disagree with that, but can we put our brand somewhere on here? <laughs> what? Cross politics. It's we right there. It, where? It's, right it's that saying. flag. I, um, it's that flag bowing down. Did you see, did you see that, Steve? So it's yes. a, it's an American flag bowing down to the cross. Because yes. yes. most people don't know what that is. Yeah. So I just want to, you know, yes, but let's it's put a, a great website. gospel conversation starter at I, work, man. I agree. Like, what's that we, thing on your hat? Can we yep. start that gospel conversation at our website, like crosspolitik.com or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I'm just saying. Actually, <laughs> we should have some of our friends go buy some of our hats. But where would so they, they go can... if they see the hat? They don't know where to go. Oh, you're, it's just like, it's not uh, on there. Oh, it's, you're saying it's not a billboard I, it, with our website domain on it. Look, Come on, maybe man. we don't need to have this conversation Come publicly. On. I'm just saying. Actually, <laughs> actually <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're talking about our marketing in, 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 inadequacies. I'm just saying I would like to no, see no, no. CrossPolitik.com. No, it's actually really effective. It's It's the mystery. The mystery of who is, is that? Like, what, what is that? that? I, want, yeah. I want in on that. No, and we, and we ought to say, when somebody asks you, I ought to say, not telling. Yeah. For the first time. Oh, look. Have you seen our little pamphlets? Oh, it's got our branding on it. Our pamphlets say Cross Politics Studio. Fight Life Peace. Oh, imagine. Yeah, anyway, should... What did Trump do? Did can, Trump can do we... something in the news? Can we take this part of the segment out of <laughs> Nope. Not at all. Forever. It's... Oh, man. All right. What happened? Okay. What, we're did actually, anything happen? We're probably going to bleed into the next segment on <sighs> some of this stuff. But um, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Kami. I was actually excited to have Steve Who? on. Kami. Kami. Who, I'm sorry. Communist? Comey. Oh, him. My, I, I know who that is. My, I was telling uh, when when we weren't on air, I was telling everybody that I have a deaf ear and I also have a Texas accent, so I get away with saying anything the way, whatever the way I want. You know what George I'm saying? George Bush the third. <laughs> <laughs> Double disability. Uh, so so Comey, Kami. Um, uh, I was actually excited to have Steve on to talk about this. Um, you know, call me expert in um, uh, fo- foreign, foreign politics, policy. foreign yeah. policy, foreign yeah. politics. Um, and so Comey, the former FBI director that Trump fired, um, he was uh, the head of the FBI during the Clinton or excuse me, the Obama administration, which is probably the Clinton administration <laughs> at some level. Yeah. Same thing. There's, still same there's a lot of a lot going on there. Uh, and then he was the FBI director coming into Trump's uh, inauguration and, and then uh, Trump just fired him like what a month ago or something. Yeah. Weeks, yeah. And 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 he just and he just testified. So or, he or, he fired him three months too late. By the way, 
I know. He should have fired him day one. That's I know. Because okay. now he's got this pickle going. Um, but uh, so he testified yesterday or two days ago. Was it yesterday? Why? It was yesterday. Why right now? He, he doesn't even have a job it anymore. It feels like the way the media talks about it, it feels like it's been three days already. Yeah. Well, you know? maybe yeah. by the time they listen to this recording, it will have been three days. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, but and, and he testified before a like a Senate Senate here? Intelligence Committee. Intelligence. Yep. Senator Rich from Idaho is on that committee. Oh, it's, really? It's so nice to have an expert in the studio. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I know. I don't even know how to act right now. <laughs> some of those. Some how of those about, reviews. How about Steven in, take the intro from here? Some of those. Some of those reviews on iTunes. They're like uh, they don't. They don't really know what they're talking about. So Stephen, why why was he why was he testifying? He doesn't have a job anymore. What's the whole purpose for him even going before the committee? Well, the reality is because we have a political theater in Washington that isn't really concerned about the law or substance. And so we have... Uh, How do you really feel? We, we, <laughs> honestly, because you know, what he said, uh, he, was, he was brought before the committee to ask questions about uh, his concerns about the Russians trying to influence the U.S. election, uh, questions about whether Trump campaign... Uh, representatives or trump himself had any kind of collusion, collusion right. with uh, uh-huh. and you know there's lots of people i'm not a lawyer but i play one on tv oh nice. uh, and uh, <laughs> so do we the words the word collusion has some specific meanings right. uh and none of which apply to anything that's there's any evidentiary base for that i've heard of and certainly nothing in the hearing yesterday uh, brought that forward but a lot of democrats like giving a lot of speeches about what they're really worried about what they're really concerned about we need to get to the bottom of this Right. And by bottom, they mean the beginning because they don't even have the first few rocks to step across this stream because they don't know. Right. But that's why they're so worried, because what we don't know is so scary to us. And so it was really it was really a lot of theater about how bad the Russians are. And I don't have a problem with that. Uh, And that the Russians tried to influence our election. Well, sorry to break the news, but the Russians have been trying to influence American politics for a long time sure uh, but but also that was under the obama administration correct they're influencing the election so to me like that should be on obama's shoulder and the biggest thing coming out of that was jim comey saying under oath before congress yeah. that loretta lynch the former attorney general pressured him yep. to change the words he used to talk about hillary clinton being under active investigation during yep. the campaign yep. to just call it a matter don't you mean trump like that was no, no, President no. Obama. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Don't you mean yeah. Trump? That's right. But that was that's the conflation. So Comey under oath is saying I had to make a public statement about the status of that investigation because if I didn't, a special prosecutor would have been appointed, and I knew from all the investigatory work we'd done that there's no case. Uh-huh. But. Here he is testifying, saying we have no evidence of collusion, but we have these concerns and people are following through. But I specifically leaked my private memo of meeting with President Trump because I wanted a special prosecutor to be announced. There's so many contradictions in what he was saying. My head just spent off. So he broke the law to try and create a case. Well, is that is that that, would that be breaking the law for him to leak a a memo? We just said leak. Yeah. It's not supposed to go out. Exactly. Well, but, but if I'm I have saying, a leak in my house, it's not supposed to be there. But I'm just, I'm just saying, if it's just a memo between him, or like a personal handwritten memo, there's nothing official on the record. Right. Is that really? Well, I think but, it's, I think but it's but totally what do, fishy. What do you do if you, at the time he's the director of the FBI? And he had met with the president of the United States. How is anything associated with that interaction anything than other yeah. uh, than official government business? That's a great and point. Republican yeah. and Democrat senators asked. So, in your opinion, you thought 
that your notes on that was your property and didn't belong to the United States government, right. and it was yours to give. And he was saying, yes, as a private citizen, I felt like I was compelled to give. So he pulled that him. card. He did, publicly. Wow. I, yeah. And I don't know how he gets out of that. But yeah. he's a six-foot-eight guy. <laughs> and the one thing I've learned in politics is that there's heightism. Mm. And if someone is six foot eight, people automatically think, oh, this guy must be authoritative and wow. what have you. He's yeah. a very effective communicator. That's why Chocolate Knox uh, is not. He's not. He's not. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I, I got short people complex. I, boost, I boosted the seat up yeah, in here I, on purpose. I, 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 I see people with six eight, and I like, you got weak knees, and I'm going to tell them knees. Not exactly. happening. Exactly. Oh, my so goodness. That's, you know, that's my hot take on what was so, happening. So the other yesterday. word I, I heard, I saw getting bantered around yesterday on Twitter was obstruction of justice. Yeah. That, that, like, is so. What what's the deal with that? I mean, is is that a thing? Well, uh, the allegation is that President Trump had met with Comey privately and urged him to give up on or move away, you know, move away from the investigation into Flynn, his former national security advisor. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's Flynn, very very unclear. Flynn was the one who was under investigation. For um, his dealings with his Russia, or failure something. to disclose, disclose meetings that he had had, but he also yeah. failed to disclose lobbying relationships that he had. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that there's really a lot of excuse for some of the things Flynn sure. did. But sure. the old Clinton line of "Does it rise to the level?" comes to mind. No, <laughs> I mean, how many? Yeah, <laughs> right. but, but you also th- you, you think in all this. Um, uh, so so Finn, Flynn, Finn, that's a Texas <laughs> wow. thing. That's a Texas thing. <laughs> Flynn, Flynn. We're sorry. Uh, he was under investigation. One of the reasons why Trump was so frustrated with. Frustrated with Kami. We're sorry. With Comey. <laughs> we need to go back and redo this whole last two minutes here. No. So, no. We, no. I'm going to save you now, brother. I'm going to bring this back in because there's a point for here. Yeah. yeah, when we come back, go ahead and bring that back in yeah. and figure out how to say it during the oh break. My goodness. Okay. We'll practice it. Practice More it. with Steve Yates when we come back on Cross Politics. Hey, some Bernie Sanders, right? Yeah. Oh, cool. Next on Cross Politics. This September, you are invited to New St. Andrews College Wordsmithy 2017 Workshop for Writers, where good writers go to get better. This year's lineup includes Douglas Wilson, Indy Wilson, and Aaron Wrench, along with special guest Doug Tenaple. Doug Tenaple is the author and illustrator of such acclaimed graphic novels as Newt's, Tommysaurus Rex, Ghostopolis, and Cardboard, as well as the creator of the popular character Earthworm Jim. You're going to want to register right away, September 20th and 21st and 22nd. This includes evening sessions with these writers, shared meals, as well as multiple workshops on learning to write well. This is in Moscow, Idaho at New St. Andrews College. Register at nsa.edu. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house. Not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. Forward 
Welcome back to Cross Politic. With us in the studio today is Steve Yates. He's a former Republican leader of the Republican Party in Idaho. He's now running for lieutenant governor. Correct. In the state. Assistant to the governor. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> Number two. Um, and uh, and right before we, we left, uh, Gabriel was going to say something, but he couldn't pronounce any of the words no. in his sentence. No. So it, he's going to try again. At least not well. Chuck Knox rudely interrupted me. No, no brother. You got to see salvation when it comes, brother. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Sea's part for a reason. Hey. Um, so I wanted I wanted to bring in our our Comey discussion on I think kind of this this is an important point here. One of the reasons why Trump fired Comey was because he was frustrated. I have a hard time saying that rightly. Um, Just point to me that, when you want to say it. I should yeah. that Comey would not kind of take the cloud off Trump. Correct. Right. So Flynn was under investigation. It was official right. under investigation. Still is. Trump was not. Right, but everyone thought Trump was also under an investigation. And, right. and, and where Trump, did they get that from? Well, the well, um, I mean, uh, New New York Times po- uh, wrote that assu- Trump was assuming, under investigation. Assuming that Trump Slate is colluding did, with the Atlantic Flynn. Monthly. I mean, all these didn't outlets. CNN like release an apology too? For that did he? I think, I think well, CNN, CNN did misreport that uh, that Comey was going to testify that he never told Trump that he was not under investigation, uh, and then Comey goes before them and three times affirms right. that he was not under uh, investigation. The Trinitarian. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. The magic <laughs> number think, of three. So so Trump was frustrated with Comey. Frustrated. <laughs> frustrated. Thank you. With with Comey because he wouldn't remove the cloud over Correct. his head. And Comey, Comey <laughs> is sitting here. Man, this is horrible you, you, for me. Hey, Pastor Toby, this you take Comey. Bobby got Comey. Okay, you got Comey. You got frustrated. The Comey part's on purpose. <laughs> yeah, that is. That is. Save that, that for Bernie. So finish the sentence. But um, uh, um, but Comey was sitting there in cahoots with Loretta Lynch, um, like we already yep. talked about a little bit. So he was already playing, you know, ball with Hillary Clinton's minute or Clinton, Obama's administration. But then all of a sudden, he's not trying to remove the cloud from. From a Trump and his administration, and everything. Isn't he so supposed there's, there's to be bipartisan? Going on. Isn't he supposed to be bipartisan? Objective, objective, bipartisan. Right? Suppo- yeah, right? Yeah, he's supposed right. to be. He's well, the that, FBI that, director. I think that's ultimately why he needed to be removed. And does anyone really doubt what his station in life would be if Hillary Clinton was elected? Got I it. mean, there's, number there's two. No, well, there, <laughs> I, I think there's, there's a number after two somewhere <laughs> that he, you know, he he wouldn't have lasted this long under Hillary administration. Yeah, I, yeah. I think no. So at this point, you know, he became what an FBI director never should become. Political. Mm. Political yeah. and the the news, yeah. Uh, right. And you know he's supposed to be the leader of a nonpartisan, focused on law and order investigatory agency, yeah. and uh, that I think was a big big problem. But Loretta Lynch and the meeting with Bill Clinton started this cascade going the wrong direction. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was good. Um, let's switch over to Bernie Sanders. We'll probably spend the rest of the. This period and next next uh, period uh, discussing this. Um, so I'm going to play the whole three minute clip. Okay, so okay. lend your ears. Their um, their letter states, and I quote: "We write to express our deep concerns about the nomination of Russell Vogt to the position of Deputy Director of the White House Office of Management and Budget." Who's Russell Vogt? The vote has denigrated American Muslims. I know who Muslim Bernie faith. is. Who's Russell Vogt? You got it, Steve. 
All I got was Deputy Director of the Office of Management and Budget. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Uh, which I'm sure is the most fascinating agency anyone could ever think of. <laughs> yeah. well, they did like, come up with Trump's <laughs> name on his budget. What, what was it? The greatest American budget ever or something? Yeah, yeah. That's outstanding. <laughs> that's, that's outstanding. <laughs> yeah, there's an office in the White House that yeah. comes up with the president's budget. And for those that are interested in the Constitution, you'll know that that has the standing of basically a wish list to Congress. Congress is the one that has the authority to write the budget of the United States of America. Right. But the Office of the Management of Budget puts the president's ideas forward every Oh, another year. job we really don't need. Yeah. Oh! Imagine. So this is a position of that Trump nominated, is nominating yep. this guy yep. for yep. this position? This will be yeah. the number two. So he'll be deputy director of Office of Management Budget. Correct. So, so this yep. guy is from Wheaton College, too, correct? Yes. We'll get there. So we'll get there. Bernie okay. so Sanders is talking about this new guy. Yes. Okay. So he's he's cross-examining him or, or interviewing him as part of the nomination, nomination process. process. Yes. Okay. Hit it. His writings demonstrate a clear hostility to religious pluralism and freedom that disqualify him for any appointment, including that of... His writings. So this guy's writings demonstrate a hostility to pluralism. Okay. Keep, keep going. Of deputy Director of the OMD. So, for the record. In the piece that I referred to that you wrote for a publication called Resurgent, Ooh, I know this guy. you wrote, Muslim, quote, yeah. Muslims do not simply have a deficient theology. Mm. They mm. do not know God because they have rejected Jesus Christ, his son, and they stand condemned. Mm. End of quote. Do you believe, do you believe that that statement is Islamophobic? Absolutely not, Senator. I'm a Christian. And I believe in a Christian set of principles based on my faith. <laughs> I got the Oregon coming. As I stated in the questionnaire to this committee, was to defend my alma mater, Wheaton College, a Christian school that has a statement of faith that includes the centrality of Jesus Christ for salvation. And again, I apologize. I do forgive me. I, we just don't have a lot of time. <laughs> Ber Bernie's. I'm not caring about the details here. <laughs> yeah. Jesus is central. A lot of yada, yada, yada. Just put the yada. gun to your head. Just yeah. put the gun to your head. Yeah. Do you believe that people in the Muslim religion stand condemned? Is that your view? Again, Senator, I'm a Christian, and I wrote that piece. Well, what does that say? The statement of faith of Wheaton. I understand that. I don't know how many Muslims there are in America. I really don't know. Probably a couple of million. Are you suggesting that all of those Thanks people for caring, stand Bernie. condemned? Yeah. What about Jews? They stand condemned, too. <laughs> What about Bernie's? He's now asking, what about me? Yes, Bernie. Bernie, what do you think? Yes. Senator, I'm a Christian. I, I understand you are a Christian, whoa, whoa, hey, but hey. this country is made wow. up of people who are not just. I understand that Christianity is wow. the majority religion, but there are other people who have different religions in this country and around the world. In your judgment, do you think that people who are not Christians are going to be condemned? Thank you for probing on that question. As a Christian, <laughs> I believe that all individuals are made in the image of God and are worthy of dignity and respect, regardless of their religious beliefs. I believe that, that as a Christian, that's how I should treat all individuals. And do you think your statement that you put into that publication, they do not know God because they have rejected Jesus Christ the Son and they stand condemned, do you think that's respectful of other religions? Senator. <laughs> Let's open up the Quran. Let's see how they feel. Being a Christian and attending a Christian school that has a statement of faith that speaks clearly with regard to the centrality of Jesus Christ in salvation. I would simply say, Mr. Chairman, that this nominee um, is really not someone who is what this country is supposed to be about. I will vote no.
Boom. Religious litmus test. Boom. I think there's a couple things um, going on here. Um, you don't say. Uh, <laughs> not, not just a couple. But uh, first off, uh, uh, talk about um, the, the guy, Russell, who is, who's being cross-examined here. Um, I felt like his, his answers were good. I mean, at some points they were strong, centrality of Jesus Christ. But he, it's almost like he kept kind of retreating a little bit to like his school statement of faith. Like that was like. No, no, that's not what he was doing. Okay. <clears throat> and so I disagree with that. Uh, the backstory, you know, the backstory on this, right? So what happened was there were back when college. Remember when the the professor there wore the hijab to yes. identify with yep. Muslims? Oh yeah. He he wrote yep. a response in oh, defense. That was a, that was a response to that. He wrote scenario. a response wow, to wow. that scenario saying we are Christians here at Wheaton College, and mm-hmm. the way our position is that Muslims, like Bernie is quoting, he's quoting out of the context, and so the um, so Vaught is trying. Did I say it right? Vaught. I'm turning to Russell. You. Russell Vaught. Yeah. Oh, he said it the same way. That's scary. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Russell is trying to point out the fact that I'm writing response to her wearing the jihad and, and saying that, look, this is Wheaton's College's position on Christianity. Our uh, position is we don't believe that Muslims uh, have are serving the same God because they do not have Jesus Christ. Right. And so he's in re- he's trying to point um, Bernie Sanders to his article and the purpose for it to give the backstory. Right. Bernie never let him get there. Right. So I don't think he's trying to retreat, especially when you write an article like that. Right. Right. Yeah. As a politician. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> he's not and, and right in the middle of that event. And that, right that's, in the that's middle of that helpful. event. That's super so helpful. So that that's the backstory of what's going on there. So that's helpful. Uh, that's really helpful. He's he's trying to. But uh, I, I still would, I still would want to answer Bernie's questions straight up and say yes, I believe they're Bernie. Content, I'm a Christian. Right? What else do you need to say? Well, well, but and- Bernie's got he's got a massive hypocrisy going on here because his his <laughs> yeah. fake value system says there's yeah. a separation between church and state. Yeah. Yeah. And he's using theologic theological yeah, beliefs yeah. as a weapon uh-huh. in secular politics. Uh-huh. He's Christian uh, phobic. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and the other thing is there are literally billions of people who believe that infants are born with original sin. Yeah. And yeah. they we are condemned. Yeah. Right. Until saved. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so I mean, there, there are some simple answers he could have appealed to, but I'm sympathetic to a guy dealing with the full hisinator of Bernie screaming at you, not <laughs> yeah. being able to oh, think sure. as quickly on his feet. Sure. But the issue, uh, yeah. but it's total but I, but hypocrisy. I think, I think that's kind of how you win, though. But it's, it's just by going straight up and saying yes, Bernie. I would actually like start preaching the gospel to Bernie right there. What, 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 <laughs> like, let's what did let's he... turn the whole thing into hey, Bernie, this is me and you, and you aren't you, you don't believe in Jesus. You don't believe that Jesus died for your sins. You're a sinner. You should just repent and believe. I'd turn all my answers right, right. there just on Bernie. I mean, this is kind of going with what Steve was saying, but like we're all condemned. Yeah. Right? In, yeah. uh, in Adam, we're condemned. Yeah. We, right. We're, we're all have yeah. sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And unless somebody dies for you. Yeah, look, and I, me, we're condemned. I, I, Marcus Pittman, he said this, and I actually agree with him when he said it. He said, look, I'm not going to be mad at the person who's dying at the stake, their choice of him that they choose to sing. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. sure. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. No, this is yeah. not, yeah. not going to be mad. No, no, no. This, yeah. is, this, is, not, you know, this yeah. is not criticism right, right. of him. I mean, he stood his ground. Yeah. I, he, he did. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he did a great job. Th- this, yeah. is, this, this is an is, issue with Bernie. Yeah, <laughs> oh, sure. That's, that's the oh, real sure. problem. So the, the bigger issue. Go ahead, Toby. I'll, 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 I'll I'm just going to add, maybe, a, you know, maybe I'm slightly agreeing with Gabriel here. It's a problem. But his words are coming out correctly. He's in. But while agreeing completely with your point and what Marcus Pittman said, I, I, you know, um, power to Russell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Way to stand your ground. Way not to apologize for any of it. Amen. 
that's great. Yeah. Okay. And I would only say, just in terms of like the broader um, strategizing about this, I do think that Christians need to do a better job of leaning in. Yeah. So standing your ground, of course, that's great. Pastor Toby, but I, do you uh, but think I wanna, that uh, Muslims are condemned? Right. Uh, and that that yes. statement is uh, Islamic phobic. I would say that all, and, all and men you are go, condemned. David, you got to go. <laughs> I would say all That's men right. are condemned. Yeah, yeah, the Christian faith teaches that all men are condemned because of sin. Yeah. They've all fallen short mm-hmm. of the glory of God. All are separated from God. All have. Re- How do you think that you can serve people that you think are condemned? Because they're made in the image of God. Yeah, well, you just condemn them. Right. Because I love them. Like a good doctor, a good doctor goes in and says, You've got cancer. This is killing you. But there's also a difference between people being condemned and you're condemning them. That's he was correct. basically making a statement of fact of where people are on their yep. journey. Yep. Sure. He's yeah. not the one judging them. But yeah. You know what? The, the thing sure. I think is amazing is that have we done such a bad job promoting the Christian faith that people are surprised to hear that we think other people who are not Christians are condemned? I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. But if, you don't, if you don't believe... Are that, you surprised that I think that people who don't believe in Jesus Christ are not going to heaven? Are you really surprised right. about that? It's been in the New like, Testament for like I don't know how many centuries now. <laughs> you, you know the Bible, and, and in the Old Testament, for, right? Oh, sure. <laughs> like, you don't believe in Moses and the prophets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you know that the Bible, uh, if the majority of Christians in a, that this is a Christian nation, the majority of people here are Christians, um, then how come you don't know that, right. Bernie? Like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. And he even said, he even said Christian is the predominating faith in the U.S. If that's the case, then I'm not saying anything that the predominant Christian group of here in America doesn't believe. So, yeah, no, you don't get to do that. I mean, everybody knows John 3.16. Right. 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 Exactly. Who who doesn't know that verse? Yeah. Yeah. And watch football. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Watch football. That's exactly right. So let let me take it this way now. So Bernie mentions pluralism, religious pluralism, Like, like it is the truth. The problem is, if you believe in pluralism, there is no truth at all. For, so for him to for him to put forward, hey, we're, we're you know this is we're, we're a pluralistic nation, and that's what you should be signing up for, Russell. I.e., then it's like, well, anything goes from really, there. Yeah, yeah. Right. How is right. it that you get to put somebody out? You hate discrimination. You're yep. against it. You, right? You're pluralistic. Right. How is it then that you get to have a standard when it comes to me? Right. right. Who cares about Islamophobia? Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, if, what, if, what if, religion if, is condemning me right now, Bernie, that you're using against right. me? Yeah. Which is why I, I would argue that Christianity is actually the only possible foundation for a real pluralism. That's it. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, if, we, if, we, if we grant that God made the world, that we stand as, as you know, we were created by God, he made the world, and the world runs by his word and by his standards, and that all things are held together in Jesus Christ, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. It's on the basis of that, though, that we actually can respect other people. Mm-hmm. We can actually we, we can actually protect them because we believe in justice. And so, you know, yeah, we're not going to you can't murder someone because they look different than you. You can't steal from them because, you know, you didn't like what they did. Why? Because God said. Yeah. So God actually gives us his word, gives us the ability to have a kind of. You know, I don't know. It's sort of a buzzword, but a principled pluralism of sorts. It's a tamed. It's a tamed yeah, it pluralism. Is, but it's pluralism. but it's because there's a standard, right? Yeah. Absolutely. But if you but if you try to make pluralism your standard, 
you have no standard, yeah. exactly. right? Because then you got yeah. the Quran and you've got the Bible and you've got you know the Book you, of Mormon. Yeah, you got, yeah. But you got all these things, and wherever there's difference, <laughs> you just do that in there. Why would that be? Why would that be? But other, yeah. otherwise, oh hey Steve, yeah. Yeah. who was that? Otherwise, you don't got any. You don't have standards. That's you right. don't have a, a, a standard by which to actually adjudicate where those differences are. I, I think there's really important too that Bernie Sanders was violating the First Amendment. What's that? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I haven't heard of it. And so, I mean, really, so basically he, he is trying to say that someone cannot serve in a position of responsibility in the United States government based on what they believe. Mm. Well, let me flip that. Let me flip that. I, I, what if he was a Muslim right. who mm-hmm. believed in jihad right. and, and then I say no based off your Quran? I say but, I uh, will not vote for you because you actually believe everything about the Quran. And he can say that. Uh-huh. But I think that when you're looking at these jobs and things like that, it needs to be on what would you do in the job? How would you treat other people in the job? How would sure. you in this position oh, this execute is, the yeah, duties is, of the job? So, so then, yeah. but doesn't someone's holy book ultimately instruct them if they're if they have conviction, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't what they believe influence how they serve? You can't disconnect. Oh, it definitely will yeah, influence. Yeah. It definitely yeah. will influence. Yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, you, can, you know, look at uh, the Quran says that um, two women are equal to one man, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Yeah. So it's so it's built into the Quran that men and women do not share an equal dignity as image bearers of yeah. God. And that you know that would have been an interesting turn right. for to ask Bernie. So Bernie, have you read the Quran? Yeah. Uh, and so what do he, you? Are you now voting against every faithful follower of the Quran that for you any disagree with? Position? Right. But this goes back to Toby's point about um, Christianity gives us the basis to have some sort of pluralism that is it's tamed, it's restricted, right. it's it's um, inside the Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just have a, a blanket pluralism, then then Jesus is the one who actually tells us to love our enemies. He's the one mm-hmm. that actually tells us to do good to those that do us evil. He's the it? one that tells us to return blessing for cursing. What does the Quran so say can, about so, infidels? So, so can you have a Muslim governor? Well, you know, Martin. Luther, I wouldn't. I wouldn't vote for him. Martin Luther famously said, and "This is not an answer to your question. This is a." Well, in that case, Gabe, go ahead. What were you going to say? Martin Luther famously said that he would rather have a virtuous pagan ruling him uh, than a tyrannical Christian or something like that. Um, and I, so I think there's something to that. Mm. So I think it depends. We got to pick that up the next. I think would I honestly yeah. be be the answer. It really does depend. It, 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 on what? Reality, truth. What? The, who are they? What are they doing? What situation are we in? Are we talking about them? A, a benevolent Muslim versus Adolf Hitler. Well, it just so happens that we have Adolf a Mormon. Hitler. We have a Mormon in studio, so we get to really ask. There you go. What's ruling? What if we get a, a Mormon for lieutenant governor? Uh, who knows? Next. Watch out! Watch <laughs> out! There you go. This is Cy Timbrunke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. In previous segments, we've gone over some of the difficulties with evidential arguments for the existence of God. Here's the question. Where do you hear evidences presented out in the world? In court. Who do you give evidence to in court? The judge or the judge and jury? If someone tells you that they don't believe in God and you try to convince them with evidence, who are you saying is the judge? Them. And who's on trial? God. We put the Lord of glory in the criminal's box and try to acquit him in the unbeliever's blasphemous courtroom. 
Now God has given us wonderful evidences for his existence. We can win that court case. We can acquit God. But who are we saying is the judge, the unbeliever? It makes no sense for the unbeliever to say that God must meet their burden of proof before they'll bow down and worship him. No. God has given everyone sufficient evidence of his existence so as to leave them without excuse, as it says in Romans chapter 1. When people become Christians, they don't go from unbelief to belief, but from suppressing the truth to professing it. Our apologetic presentation must be gospel-centered in the hope that God uses it to open blind eyes. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. Politic with us in the studio today is Steve Yates. Really grateful to have him. And uh, this segment, actually, all three segments are brought to us by Voss Water today. And our dad caps. And our dad caps. Although, I just, <laughs> just again, I, I was just looking at this bottle. It's just the weirdest bottle, you guys. I feel like I'm drinking out of a bottle of perfume or shampoo <laughs> or shampoo or something. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just weird. Like, it just, I go to drink water and the, the, the you know, it's just kind of small. And I, you know, I don't know. It just, I feel. Yeah. But but thanks for the thought. <laughs> I was just gonna you say, know, <laughs> spent an extra three dollars just to get I, that I, bottle. I know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not criticizing. It. Are you complaining? It was like yeah. I was. I was at a football game, and that was the only water bottle I could buy. Really? Yep. I was in Taboosers. I could go nowhere that, else. Tell them to give you a cup and fill it with some ice. I should have. I should have done that. <laughs> you were at a football game for twenty five cents. You know, you go into the football stadium and you, you just you got to buy what's there or the airport. Oh, I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I was like, if they sold these at a football game, I guess that wasn't a very well played analogy. <laughs> that's that's really weird. <laughs> yeah. like, this is nothing manly they about throw this. It on no. The field. <laughs> I feel very sort of fem- fem- effeminate drinking out of this bottle. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Just, nope. That can I, happen. But, but I, I love you, Gabriel. All right, man. Dang. Um, you're welcome, man. You bought so, him yeah. an effeminate piece of water. So uh, we're going to talk about... We're gonna <laughs> talk, We're going to talk about Idaho politics. Now, Idaho right? politics. Yes. And we're going to talk about... So Steve's running for lieutenant governor. Yep. And there's going to be a primary next May. Correct. And so let's... I'm going to bring this back in right where we left, left off and ask the question about... So how, um, how will your, um, your convictions, your mm-hmm. religious convictions... You know, you, you talk, told us earlier about your journey mm-hmm. in, in the Mormon faith, and your, your your folks converted when you were six. I think you said uh, a little earlier, okay, but close our, enough. Okay. Out, of, out of the Catholic Church, yeah. Into, yep. into the Mormon um, faith. So, how do you think that affects your serving in in uh, in politics? Well, uh, I think that all of us, uh, if you've gone through. Uh, any kind of real experience in your own journey where you, you have to confront, do you really believe in certain things or not? Uh, you know, everyone can have different views about whether it's okay to question your faith at different times in life. Uh, I would confess that at times in my life, I wonder, hey, you know, do I have this figured out? Is this right? Is this wrong? Uh, you experience profound things in your life, profound loss, profound disappointment, uh, what have you, what yeah. do you rely upon? Uh, at least in my faith and a lot of others in Idaho who have uh, similar core beliefs, you kind of, when you run into problems in life, you rely on faith, family, community, and then government comes after all of that. And it sure. gives you a sense of order. A lot farther right. down the road. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, so if, and so when I think of, well, does that make you naturally part of the conservative movement? It did for me. 
And so very early in my life, uh, I was working, after I came back as a missionary, I was speaking Chinese in church, and some guy said, I've never heard a white guy speak Chinese the way you do. How would you like to get paid while you go to school? I thought, well, I'm 22 years old. That sounds like a pretty darn good idea. (laughs) And so I worked for the Defense Department, and I used language, and I I started working. But when the break time would come, there was this new radio host named Rush Limbaugh. Who? That was Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He had a microphone that was We've heard across politics, but not Rush. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So I, I, I went from there to the Heritage Foundation and things like that. But faith was kind of one of those first places where you... You learn about the importance of first things, why you do what you do. And everything I did as a party chairman and what I've done in politics is always tell people, find your why. And we're all given different kinds of gifts. Some people are blessed with being able to speak, teach, like me. fix, <laughs> yeah, pronounce. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, so, uh, you know, I, so for me, uh, in reality, it comes down to, uh, I'd have to say, a little bit of anger about the way our government has interfered in the family and interfered in people's freedom to believe uh, and interfered in business. I am a small business owner. Every year I have my date with Destiny with the three-lettered agency that makes me really <laughs> question things. Mm. Uh, and uh, uh, But... You know, I also feel like I've always felt uncomfortable with some sense of sectarianism in politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people bring their perspectives into politics. Uh, people say, well, you come from this part of the state. You must be part of that group. Right. And I was just raised in a different kind of environment where even within one large family, we all loved each other. We disagreed on things. We could argue about things. I had uncles that fought in the Vietnam War and uncles that were arrested protesting the Vietnam mm, War. Right. And, oh, well. uh, and, but we still love each other. Uh, Thanksgiving had, was interesting. <laughs> every holiday was. <laughs> every holiday. There's a little bit of Italian, which spiced things up, and oh, the Irish yeah. made everybody feisty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, so uh, it's just faith and family have been an organic part of everything I've done in my professional life. Are there any unique things, uh, particularly about the Mormon faith, you think that not, that you that that um, either contribute to who you are, or or you think contribute to? Um, politics or contribute to American society. What are, are there any unique things about the Mormon faith? Uh, well, I think to Mormons there are some unique things uh, in that there are, if the elements of um, of the Mormon theology, the Book of Mormon is something that's based in the North American continent. Right. There's a sense of connection to uh, the idea of America, the founding of America, it being an inspired process. Uh, I, I, I know many, many other Christians believe that our founding documents and our founding fathers uh, were inspired or guided. Uh, so I don't know that that's unique, but there there is a, a, a sense of... Uh, uh, support for and uh, inspiration behind the uh, the Constitution that I this, think a lot of Mormons I, I don't, have. This is an honest question. I don't know the mm-hmm. answer to, but is so that idea of of inspiration for the founding of America mm-hmm. is that akin to like the chosen people of Israel? Is that is that, uh, is that, uh, is that in, in Mormon theology? Is America have a similar position to Israel? There is uh, there is a sense of uh, there having been a a prophecy of things coming forward out of this 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 continent or this, this new, continent. Yeah. Bernie Sanders wasn't a part of that. <laughs> 
but yeah, <laughs> he, he's welcome to read. He'd like, you know, you know, like, yeah, I don't know whether he'll appoint anyone uh, who's read the Book of Mormon to, uh, to <laughs> no. serve in any government capacity. Right. So, but uh, I, but I, you know, I've never lived my life thinking uh, you know, what what would a Mormon do in this particular in the position. Now, we went through that as a nation when Mitt Romney was a nominee, right? Uh, yeah. And yeah. so there, and, and I you know I kind of felt odd about that whole thing, partly really? because I worked on. Other campaigns. I yeah. worked for yeah. Newt Gingrich, uh, and in the earlier campaign, I worked for Rudy Giuliani. So oh, wow. here I was, someone who was raised Mormon, yeah. and here's this prominent Mormon candidate coming up, and I'm working for the opposition. Right, 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 right. But so, as so, um, as a politician, does your Mormon faith actually influence your thinking as far as politics? Well, I have to say, I mean, really, it's I, I, it has to, right? But I never think of it as my Mormon faith. I just think of it as, you know, I wake up in the morning and every day the things that happen with my children and my family humble me to the point where I know that I'm begging for mercy no matter what. And so to me, I've, I've, I've had enough wild stuff go on in my life where I, uh, you know, I am LDS. I do believe in the faith, uh, but I don't live every day saying this is my unique application of these principles. For me, the gospel, whether it comes from my faith tradition or any other faith tradition in many, many ways, has some common elements. And if we don't get those fundamentals right, the the special elements that make us distinct don't matter as much. What, what would you say? So that's actually a really helpful way of framing it. So as an LDS person, what, how would you articulate the gospel mm-hmm. in terms of then how, how it, it um, what's the good news of the gospel for you in terms mm-hmm. of what, then what inspires you to do what you do each day well that uh that in the end we're all subject to the laws of justice and mercy and i for one will be appealing for mercy and i think all of us uh will be uh that there is no salvation but for the atonement of jesus christ uh and that we're all chi- we're all children of god that we're all brothers and sisters in christ uh and that we should treat each other at some fundamental level accordingly uh, that we are, we are uh, created by what I would consider love, and love is the organizing principle behind the creation of the world and uh, what we are meant to learn about and grow closer to and exemplify and be a part of. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, all the things about what happened after we die and uh, every religion seems to define some elements of that. Uh, I might be a poor representative of faith in a certain sense, but I kind of feel like we'll figure that out when we get there. We've got a lot to work on to get it right in this life. And in terms of love of family, uh, humble before uh, your Savior, needing to rely upon your Savior, that you cannot be saved by your works alone, uh, and recognizing that everyone else is on some kind of a journey, and your job is to bring them closer to that light, bring them closer to that salvation. You said we'll figure it out when we get there, when you were talking about you know, um, the afterlife. How, how, what if I don't get it right this life? Is, well, there, I, is there any, am I in trouble, or is there some sort of It's the uh, Bernie judgment? Sanders question. I, 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 I assume that, there, that the answer to that is yes, but I'm not the judge. Uh, yeah, there is but you one have a judge. standard, though. Yes. Right? What does yeah. the, the standard t- teach that you believe? Uh, well, I, I'm taught that we are meant to uh, accept Christ and be baptized. That we need to that we need to be baptized and uh, 
uh, and then receive other di- other ordinances uh, of the church that were meant to be married and but I don't have families. Any, let's say I don't accept any of that, right? Yeah. And I die. What happens to me at that point? Yeah. Well, you then you would go and be judged, and you would go to a a different degree of glory, perhaps. Glory, not hell. Well, you could go to hell if uh, you know if you do not accept Christ. Yeah. There is not salvation. There is not salvation. So you do believe there. But is a- mo- there are Mormons do believe that there are those who have died before receiving an opportunity to accept the Savior. That they could they could have saving ordinances performed for them yeah. in the afterlife. They would so have an opportunity the, to accept the Bible verse that says that it's appointed for man once to die and then to face judgment. Mm-hmm. So how do they get around that? Well, there, there's also there's a there's a verse in the New Testament that refers to baptism for the dead, and that is one element of where this idea comes into Mormonism. First hmm. Corinthians fifteen is is yeah. the passage you're referring yeah. to. Um, yeah. Do you want to jump into that, or do you want to move on to something else? No, no. Actually, <laughs> actually, for for this, this is so for me when um, I got uh, I grew up in Texas. Did I mention that? Yeah, no, that not at all. <laughs> I don't even know where that so, is. So, you know, <laughs> what no, is that? The Promised Land. <laughs> so when I when I moved to Idaho um, in 2002, so you know Texas is like this Baptist. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. a Christian in Texas. And then I and then I moved to Idaho, where it's like you got liberals in Moscow, and you got atheists, and then you got like a good strong group of Christians, and you got a good strong group of Mormons. Mm-hmm. And so I started kind of seeing this. Um, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was like this this interesting dynamic between the Mormons and Christians um, in the Northwest mm-hmm. um, that I hadn't seen before. And part of, part of it is like I did have Mormon um, – uh, um, I did connect with Mormons in Texas and when I was in Oregon and California uh, in the 90s. Um, and, and it used to be a greater distinction between the Mormon faith and the Christian faith. Um, they used to be like um, – actually, even the founding of Joseph Smith. I mean, he, mm-hmm. when Joseph Smith founded – um uh, uh or or got the prophecies uh um one of the things he said was that the the christian faith is is heretical and mm-hmm. it's um it's a it's a theology that comes from satan mm-hmm. and so the founding of mormonism believed there's a huge distinction between christians and mormons and now over the years that's been that's been gone almost that, that's almost yeah, gone it's, it, it's it's kind of and i think a lot, a lot of Mormons will identify themselves as Christians. As Christians. Mm-hmm. I've right. talked to a lot of LDS people yeah. that say, I'm a Christian. Right. And then you find out, oh, where do you go to church? Oh, I go to LDS. the LDS church. Right. And, yeah. and Joseph Smith, never that never would have happened. Yeah. Um, and But I think part of, and this is my analysis of how things have gone, part of what's happened is the Mormon religion has kind of become a chameleon religion over the years. Mm. You know, in the 1970s, blacks weren't allowed to be um, bishops and weren't even allowed into the greater God glory. God changed his mind, mm-hmm. though, so you right? got that one God and and then and then of course um I'm, you've probably heard even some of these arguments but polygamy, never polygamy was no no <laughs> he's never. a missionary he's who heard is all this these. guy <laughs> who is that you know and and then ultimately what what can what I see is the really definitional issue between um, the Christian faith and Mormons is their view of who Jesus is because mm-hmm. this all right. really comes down to who is Jesus there's two fundamental theological points of departure one is uh, in in the LDS Church. 
They believed that there was an apostasy after the first church was established. Right. Right. After that, there was a reformation, but there was necessary to be a restoration, right. a restoration of the authority of the priesthood. Right. And so that is what Mormons believe was restored through the revelations through to Joseph, Joseph Smith. Smith. Yes. So this idea of an establishment of an original church, an apostasy, and then a restoration. The other is the divide uh, that was resolved for many by the Nicene Creed. Uh, and so is it a three-in-one Right. deity, or is it three entities, a Father, a Son, and a Holy Ghost? Right. Uh, and those are the, the fundamental doctrinal differences that really— that, but then when you come down to a question of what is a Christian, I, that, that's, that's something that we've wrestled with since Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Nicene debate was—that right. uh, was fundamental, too. And so when you have the official name of the Mormon Church— the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Right. It's the Church of Jesus Christ. You say, right. well, what is a Christian? Someone who's a follower of Christ to a lot of people, right. not everyone. Christian. Then, well, so does if if does it if you're a follower of Christ and you believe salvation comes through Him, does that make you a Christian? For some people, the answer is yes, and for some, that's not sufficient. There's more. Depends on who you mean. Well, what do you right. mean by Christ? Or what do you mean right. by Christ? Or, yeah, or who yeah. is Christ? Who is Christ? Is he distinctly separate from God, or is he one with God the Father? That's, right. That to me is like what um, I've used this um, analogy. It's kind of important. It's super important because I've used this analogy before mm-hmm. where, you know, me and Steve are in a parking lot and there's two trucks or, mm-hmm. or at least it looks like one truck, you know, 200 feet away. And as we both talk about it, you see a blue, I see orange. And as we start walking closer to the truck, we start realizing there's two trucks. One's a Ford, one's a Chevy. And we get closer and we realize, oh, we're talking about totally two different Jesuses by the time we get 10 feet away from the truck. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's happened to the, I think the Mormon and Christian dialogue over the last. Yeah. Um, seems like when I've, I've talked to, I go on university campus pretty regularly as a pastor and share the gospel. I remember talking uh, as I've talked to Mormons, number mm-hmm. of Mormons over, over the years. I think that distinction, that, that, that difference between Trinity and uh, I, don't, I don't know what you would say, but you know, three entities, right. Um, the, the Arian uh, view, uh, the view of Arius that was, uh, that was solved at, at Nicaea is there's a question fundamentally, you know, you look at, you know, you know, how maybe how you, you know, talk and love your wife, you know, and how you raise your children and on, on the surface, there's so many commonalities. And, and so you, it might be tempting to say, well, what, what difference does it make between, you know, Jesus being the eternal son of God or, or being, you know, the, uh, this glorious, cre- you know, um, deity of sorts that God made right. at some point, who had a beginning. And what difference does it make? Hmm. And, I, and I think, Bottom line, the, the, the difference is, I think, going to fundamentally be um, why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. So may, maybe the, the surface level looks a lot the same, but why we do what we do is, is going to have diff- is going to have a, an issue. And so the question is one of, the, one of did, does Jesus save us in order f- fundamentally to try to help us get back to God? Mm-hmm. And so he he's someone who has this really really close relationship to God, and so he can get us right up there close to God. And so we strive to follow him and get close to God. Or does God himself come for us? Mm-hmm. And so if, if Jesus is the eternal son who is one with the father, then, then it's the father actually coming for us mm-hmm. in the person of his son. And, and granted, there's all kinds of mystery there. But the disciples ask, you know, show us the father. And Jesus says, if you have seen me, you've seen the father. In which case, the, 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 our response, it's, it's one of why do we do what we do? Um, do I love my wife this way, and do I love my children this way, and do I fight for justice this way, because I'm 
I'm striving to get back to the Father, mm-hmm. or do I live this way in response to the fact that the Father has actually come for me? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know we're out of time. Oh. Uh, we got to keep. I want to keep man. talking. But, man. <laughs> oh, man, Toby, oh, Toby, no Oregon for Toby on that one. Hey, you, I didn't want to interrupt. Come that. on, uh, yeah. Steve. It's been so great having you on Thank the you show. So yeah. much. Uh, Thank you. And, and I'm excited actually to follow your campaign and, and find out you know more about that whole that election. We'll yeah. be back around. Yeah. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics.